0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: All right, episode three of Sox Degrees, and we are joined by the venerable pitching ninja Rob Friedman. Uh, He's got the bandana ball behind him, so you know
0: he's a ninja uh, I, I want to know first, what makes you love pitching? You know, I've just always liked it. I think it's because the pitcher is kind of the center of attention on a baseball field. Nothing happens until the pitcher does anything. So it's kind of, uh, they need support. They need like, they need like people that, to love them because they're, you know, they're, something goes wrong, everybody's on them and it's, and, and everybody always f- focus on home runs. Like they don't focus much on strikeouts or nasty pitches. So uh, I'm just there for their support. That's very warm. <laughs> uh,
1: so I, I have another question for you, but it's better asked by our celebrity question asker who also asked to ask this question to you. So, Lucas Giolito, take it away. Oh, no.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm pretty much boys with Rob Friedman pitching Ninja. at this point. I like, I don't know if he's done this on podcasts, but like the origin story, like, why? What'd you do before? Like, is it full time now? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. I can answer that. Number one, Lucas is my bud. Like, like he will just randomly text me stuff. We have this rant, we have this uh, ongoing thing during the season. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it or not, but I will about the uh, Vandy pitchers and stuff. Every time they would pitch, um, he started out more of a Kumar guy and then ended up being a, uh, a Jack Lighter guy. And I've always taken the opposite side, no matter who he picks. So. Um, <laughs> But so, so, you want me to go into my origin story? Is that it? He he certainly
1: does. Oh, he was I being very Lucas. He was being very Lucas, by the way. Like he was asking a question, but he was also like fidgeting and like doing the whole thing.
0: I could do that too. I'll answer it like that. How about that? I'll do my Lucas uh, imitation. I'll start like, giving yeah. that mean look that he does on the mound, even though he's like one of the nicest guys. Yeah, exactly. Like learn. Um. So my origin story is, for one, I was never like a great pitcher. Like, I always loved pitching and I wanted to pitch, but I was never that good at it. Uh, so when I had a kid, he liked pitching. And for some reason, all the kids liked me because I'm kind of a goofball. And I got asked to coach. And my the one thing that I wanted to do, and I guess this stems back from even being a lawyer, is... I just, and I, I taught law school back in the day too. So I never wanted to teach any, I never wanted to make anybody worse. Like my thing is I always wanted people to kids or whatever, to come away with it, something better. Um, so I needed to learn everything kind of over. I didn't want to teach what I'd been taught because what I taught, you know, it just wouldn't like, I knew that everything had advanced further from what I had been taught as a, as a kid. So, uh, I did my research. I did a, a, you know, like any good lawyer does. I did a ton of research on pitching. Um, and back in the day, there was this message board called let's talk pitching that Kyle Bodie uh, now with the reds uh, started there and uh, Lance Wheeler, Eric Cressy now with the Yankees was there. Um, Alan Jaeger, who is a pitching guy who worked with you know, folks like Clayton Kershaw and Trevor Bauer, Um, he was there too. And all these guys, we'd, we'd all just share information. And like, my thing is I learn a lot by asking questions, and by testing somebody, not by relying on marketing stuff. So I'll, I'll go beyond that. And I don't think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people just, uh, they don't have the time or energy or whatever. And I had a lot of time on my hands. So I asked a lot of questions and my thing was like, I kept coaching. So I coached travel ball at East Cobb, coached high school ball. Just in you know spare time, type stuff, and uh, coach my kid, neighborhood kids, and other kids. Like you know, I still have I had Georgia Tech's team come over during the pandemic and and pitch in my basement because I have a huge basement that I treat as a pitching lab. So I did all this stuff, and I knew that nobody was that crazy to do it. So what I did was take all this information, take all the questions I had. Take all the learnings I had and then share it on social media because I knew someday I wasn't going to be coaching and I wanted to help as many people as possible because I just felt like like in my heart, baseball shouldn't be a rich kid sport or shouldn't be limited to parents that have the ability and the obsession to do all this stuff and buy all these tricks and devices and lessons and camps. And like, I wanted people to have that benefit. So I just decided to start sharing it on, on social media. So that's how I got started. It was more like from the coaching standpoint.
1: Before we go deeper into that, I just have a real quick question on let's talk, Why were you McLovin?
0: <laughs> Cause <laughs> I love super bad. Like I just love the movie. And that was one of the funniest scenes. Like I saw that movie for the first time on a plane. And I couldn't stop laughing. So I was like, I I just had to do that.
2: (laughs) That's awesome.
1: I was called by a basketball team, McLovin, once. uh, That I was a team that I was traveling with because evidently there's a slight resemblance.
0: (laughs) You know, I never thought that, but now I can't unsee it. So, yeah, yeah, that's going to go. I
1: was born in Hawaii, Rob.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you have one name how could you have one name?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's unbelievable, (laughs) truly. (laughs) I'm glad you mentioned Kyle Bodie because uh, that was the the name I I thought of when you started to tell your story. And I've gotten to know Kyle a little bit. Um, Any interest in being in uniform and coaching minor leaguers? Have you uh, had offers to do so? Um, I'm, I'm curious if you're open to uh, any sort of job as it pertains to uh, pitching and development and a lot of the big league players you've met and gotten to know well? Would you like to uh, be on the inside a little bit more in that regard?
0: You know, I really don't. Like, I don't want to do the the traveling. I don't want to do the, I don't want it to be my profession. Like, I love doing what I do, which is entertaining and educating, educating people that want to be educated, but not being so pedantic or whatever, Like like trying to just be about that. Like I want to have fun. I think I can, it's like an infotainment type of mix. And I think it works. Like, I don't know. Like I like happened into this niche, whatever this niche is. Um, But no, I don't like um, I've got an offered college jobs and didn't want to do it. Like, I just don't have any interest in, in going down that route. I love helping pitchers though. So anybody that contacts me, um, I don't charge anything. I've never charged anything. I don't want to charge because then it's a, then it's work. Like I'll do it for fun. Um, But MLB guys all the time contact me for grips or say, Hey, what are you seeing? And I like, that's a blast for me. That's payment enough. Like just having uh, just, you know, someone like Lucas saying, Hey, what did you see? Or, or, can you get that pitch or I threw this really nasty thing that you didn't tweet. So get on there and tweet it. Um, like it could be anything, but I love that stuff. Like that's me.
2: I want to ask Have you ever been shamed into posting a video that you really didn't believe in, but you kind of (laughs) felt bad that the guy was begging for it.
0: Yeah, probably I have. (laughs) 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 That's, that's, that's definitely occurred. Like usually I won't, but occasionally if it's somebody, especially that I really like. Um, and they, yeah, I'll, 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 do that very seldom, but I will. Where does one
1: go about purchasing a mitt? That's a chair. That thing back
0: there. So I, I got, I was like, if I'm going to be doing a lot of these video things, I need something cool in this room. Um, other than me, like, I know that I'm, yeah, you know, I'm just awesome in and of myself, but I mean, need, yeah. I needed something to take the focus away from me. And, uh, so I got that online. Like I just bought it. It's not, it's, it's, it's not inexpensive, but it's definitely a conversation piece. So it's worth it.
1: So, so you just said something that makes me ask this question. And I want to say to you before I ask it that I, uh, I enjoy the person I'm about to ask the question about. You said I'm awesome. And so I want to know what it's like to work with Trevor Bauer.
0: (laughs) So I like, I respect Trevor a ton and what he's done for the game. Like, and this is something that I think everybody should kind of understand. Number one, he loves being controversial. Like he wants you to either love or hate him. And I've loved or hated him. I will say politically, we are very, very different. Um, But as far as changing the game, like he has been through a lot of the same stuff that I've been through as a coach, he went through as a player. And he was like, he has the arrows in his back to show it. Extreme long toss. When he came into the league, everybody wanted to stop him from doing that. They were like, oh, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to tie yourself out. Don't do it. Those running throws that he used to do on the bump when he, before he, uh, you know, it's one of his warm up pitches. Everybody's like, oh, that's crazy. That doesn't help. That's just for show. Weighted balls, slow motion cameras, the Edutronic, uh, Rapsodo, just kind of every pitch design as a whole, tunneling um, stuff. He was very early on all that, too. Every step of the way, people told him no. So that personality that you either love or hate, he he does what he thinks is right. And I think he's on to like he does a lot of really, really innovative stuff. Um, he's not afraid to make a fool of himself. Like those are characteristics that are awesome. It also leads to some things like, you know, if, if you have that mentality, a lot of times you're not going to accept the status quo. So some of the things you might say are controversial or whatever because you're just, you know, you're you're saying it and you you're not willing to be part of the mainstream. So it's always going to be, you know, a big, a big deal. So he is a a very like he's a good dude. He just has a hard time showing it a lot of times um, because he doesn't really. Sometimes he mostly doesn't care what you think. Like, he just doesn't. He just doesn't care. Um, and we've had our debates on stuff. But in the end, I think he has affected the game more than almost any pitcher around. Um, and everybody kind of owes him a little, you know, a little tip of the the cap to him because he's fought battles now that you know, pitchers commonplace throwing weighted balls, right? Everybody does. it. Yeah. Um, so he's changed the game a ton.
2: It's interesting, um, that you said earlier about how pitchers need love and the, the place I go, Rob is pitchers are dominating. They don't need the love. <laughs> you actually, you know, it's, it's like you bought a stock, um, at the perfect time or it just skyrocketed. Right. So are you worried that, uh, and we can get into more of the substance stuff with the grips, but, um. Are you a little worried that the pitchers are kind of on the front lines right now being knocked down a little bit? And uh, because everybody does want more balls in play, uh, maybe less nastiness that you love so much. I think all three of us do. Uh, are you concerned at all about the, the short term future in terms of pitching? So, great point. Like, I actually... I will take a tiny
0: bit of credit. Like I, I think pitchers have been learning from stuff that social media puts out there. And, I'm you know, as somebody that puts out a lot of pitching stuff, I think pitchers that weren't into some of this stuff actually learned it and then thought it was cool and they love being featured. So they're trying to develop a new pitch or borrow pitches from, from each other. So part of it is a community that helps each other. And I'm kind of like the, the center, the hub in the middle of it where I can help share it, which is kind of cool. Um, But no, I'm like, I think viewership is up. Interaction with social media is up. Streaming, everything else is up. So the idea that fans don't like this, I think maybe some don't. Like, I think some want more balls in play. But I think some like the cage match mentality of a hitter versus a pitcher. If you lose, he's going to bat flip it. If If the hitter wins... He's going to strut off the mound and and do whatever. I mean, the Trevor Sword thing or the Stro skips. Um, Alzali does his stuff. Like, you have guys that are all doing stuff. Um, you know, Liam Hendricks. Like, Lord knows. Like, he will put it in your face if he beats you. Uh, Hoyer will just sit there and do this little spit strut. Like, all these guys have, like, it's, it's awesome. It makes the game more interesting. It's what, like, I think everything's moving towards it's why like UFC is a big deal or boxing or whatever. There's it's mano-a-mano pitcher versus hitter and a, it's a one or a zero. And I think that that's good for the sport. Like I think seeing nasty pitches is awesome and seeing balls hit 500 feet is awesome. So you mentioned Liam
1: Uh, you have posted a clip of Liam and Trevor Bauer both strutting on the mound. Uh, and then you mentioned UFC as well. So, uh, we're going to show the clip and I want you to say who does it better.
0: <laughs> well, clearly, uh, Trevor is closer to the, uh, to the actual Conor McGregor strut, but Liam is hilarious. Like, like he's doing it to just like, he's he's a funny, funny dude. He's one of my favorite dudes in the game. Um, And uh, like, I, I just, I would, I appreciate it. I think he's half mocking what Trevor does. Uh, And, and he's awesome. Like talk about a guy that doesn't care. Uh, He's great.
1: You, you have a clip from your podcast and we'll have Brian pull this here. Uh, You interviewed Liam Hendricks a, a bunch of months ago and I want everybody to listen to this comment because when you say Liam's great and he doesn't care, this is the epitome of that. This 30 seconds from Liam Hendricks is the epitome of that. I'm just going out there. I'm just It's me versus him. There's no number. I don't care who's in the box. I'm going to beat that guy in that specific at bat. I know I'm better than him. I always put it like I'm an egotistical narcissist on the mound when I pitch. Off the field, I feel like I'm relatively humble. I mean, probably not. But I feel like on the mound, like I am better than every single person that is on the other team, and I'm going to prove it to you every single night. And that's just how it's it's, been, because, I mean, I'm sure you've spoken to other people. If you'd ever doubt your pitch, even if it's the correct pitch in the great location with everything going for it, it doesn't have the same weight as a guy who throws the wrong pitch with conviction. So uh, number one for me there is somebody who's trying to claim that he's humble, and then five words later says he's probably not. (laughs)
0: <laughs> he, he is he is so awesome this was actually before he was signed with everybody and and i love that like i put that out there and i'm like i love dudes like that who exactly what i was saying like that's a a cage match mentality i am better than the hitter and i'm gonna prove it and I, if i beat him i'm gonna yell at the top of my lungs shove this ball down his throat he even said at one point if he beats a hitter on a pitch he will almost guaranteed that that hitter is seeing the pitch, the next pitch. Like if he throws a slider and the hitter can't hit it, he's going to throw it again. And he doesn't care putting that out there. Like, and we did the, we did the analysis. He did that constantly. Like when he beats a hitter with a pitch, he will throw that pitch again. Um, You think you can be suckered into it or something. If the hitter knows that, but um, he just like, he views this as as me versus a hitter. And I think that's the game. Right now, like everybody loves great plays in the field. Everybody loves stolen bases and base running and all that. But at the end of the day, it's it's the pitcher versus the hitter. That's who the eyes are on. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if, if anything, baseball shouldn't run from it. Just buy into it. Like there's a reason why, you know, my stuff tends to get really popular and people like watching nasty pitches. It's because that's what people like. And people like seeing bat flips and home runs. I mean, they just do.
2: Rob, you know Jason and I are definitely into the analytics, but I I find the the intangible part of the game really intriguing, and the idea of a pitcher like Liam, or maybe an Aroldis Chapman, uh, or a Trevor Bauer, and and the fact that they don't seem to get rattled when somebody goes deep uh, against them. Um, in, In Liam's case, he gave up a few home runs early in the season. And it was almost as if his reaction to the home runs was, okay, now you really got my attention. Right. And I think there are times when anecdotally you watch pitchers and they give up a home run and they cannot even believe that somebody could do that. And it takes them a few batters to kind of get it back. Uh, Do you find that part of the game interesting too? I love it. Like, I think
0: that that is a, I mean, to be a successful pitcher, you almost have to kind of get yourself in that mindset. And it's not that easy. Like, if you mess up even doing this, you're going to sit there and go, boy, I better not. Mess. I mean, you got, everybody goes through that in life. Like you mess up and you, you get a little bit shy of it, but the ones that are successful are ones that put themselves out there and understand that's part of the process, learn from it and then put themselves out there again and get better from it. Uh, so yeah, like I, I think that that is an important, a huge, actually you mentioned the analytics versus not analytics. I think that's a great point uh, to me. Fans sometimes get lost in the analytics aspects of it. Like, I love, I, I dive into that stuff too. But you'll notice I don't put it out there as much as some uh, with myself because I think fans, like, you watch a game, you're not in it for math. A lot of people are like, I hope there's no math in this. Um,
2: so, Except like, I want math. We like socks math. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Right. Sox a math. math awesome. Trivia
1: question, Rob. Get off our podcast. <laughs> 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 All
2: right. Well, to take it one step
0: further, my dad was a math teacher for 35 years in, in high school.
3: So Is that
1: uh, right? Oh, yeah. So and I was you, a math major you, for you, a week. You shun math?
0: No, I because don't. Because of <laughs> No, I love, like, I'm naturally good at math, um, but I intentionally became a lawyer almost to counteract that. Like, I didn't want to do math, something I was good at. I wanted to do something. I, I wasn't naturally a good writer. I ended up being a good writer because I like taught myself that I am much more math minded. um, Like, and I just like, I don't know. I don't know why I do this. I think it's just to challenge myself, like doing different things. I I actually, I agree with you completely.
1: I, uh, they ran out of people to write the baseball prospectus forward a couple of years ago. Literally everybody on earth passed or was on an airplane at the time they needed it done. But, but that's my feeling on it too, is know the analytics, but people don't need to be
0: encumbered by them. Exactly. If they help tell the story that's important as a coach, like as a coach, yes, I use RepSoto, TrackMan, all that stuff. I always use it like I would use it all the time. I use, you know, get people's velo, get their spin rates, get everything because it tells a story. But my job is to communicate it in a way that doesn't have their brain shut off. So I'll show a nasty pitch and say, hey, this was a spin rate on it, but also put it in context of why that is. Now, that's not saying like I love. I love the stat cast broadcast. I love like all that stuff is fantastic. Um, but I think you have to put like, you got to do a good job of putting in context to me. Like I,
1: t- I totally agree. That's, that's the hallmark of what we try to do with that show is have is. a reason for every stat, not just throw it at you. But I, I'm interested in what your favorite pitch design story is in the pitchers you have encountered. Because you mentioned design, and I think if more fans understood design and the creativity of pitch shape, fans would understand that battle you're talking about more. So what pitch design stories do you find interesting?
0: So one one really interesting uh, thing was you Darvish. Um, so you Darvish actually reached out to me because he knew he needed a ball that moved like Shane Bieber's knuckle curve. So he said, Hey, can you get me all the stuff you have on Shane Bieber's knuckle curve, um, his grip, everything like that. Cause he needed a pitch to move exactly the way Bieber's knuckle curve moved." Um, so we went over DM, I get sent him some stuff and I said, you got to show me when you, when you do it. And he went out, did it in the next bullpen. Like I got it. And the very next game, put it in the game and started throwing these nasty sliders. So I was like, wait a second. Like I didn't no- notice you throwing the knuckle curve. He's like, yeah, I wasn't able to get the knuckle curve the way I wanted to, but I throw now a spike slider that has the movement that I wanted to have in that same spin axis. So to he, well, he is amazing. Like, like talk about a dude who is dedicated to his craft understands how everything is interconnected, understands the advanced data, but also how the body works, mentally, how it works. Like he's got like uh, he is he is a a brilliant, brilliant pitcher. Um, but the ability to put that in a game is kind of kind of crazy. So, uh, yeah, pitchers like basically what you're seeing today is what coaches used to do back in the day with their eyes, they would sit there and go, you know, that didn't break the way you want it. You need a pitch to move like that. Now you're looking at the analytics behind it saying, I have a hole in my approach to a hitter or Max Scherzer needed a cutter to go under lefty's hands. He realized his slider was going into the bat path. He needed a shorter slider. And for his mind, that was a cutter. So he developed a cutter just because he saw that hole in the way he was attacking hitters and that he was getting beat too often. That's what pitch design is about. It's about knowing how to have all your pitches work together in a way to defeat the hitter's weakness or go after a hitter's weaknesses to defeat the hitter ultimately. And it's just gotten better. So the ability to now say I have pitches that actually literally do move, you can plot them and say this is where all my pitches move and I need a pitch to go this way. Um, Then it's about developing a pitch with the right spin axis to go that way. So that you're able to hit the spot that you want to hit uh, and and have them all tunnel ideally. I mean, tunneling is good and can, you know, it can be really good, but it doesn't mean every pitch has to tunnel. But if you do it and it ends up in that spot, you're gonna be successful. So it's about being really, really smart and using the data to accomplish something on the field that you can do by feel and stuff.
2: Rob, I'm all about um, identifying pitches based on what a pitcher calls it, not necessarily what it does. And I know cutters and sliders sometimes, uh, I remember, uh, I think it was John Baker and Jake Arrieta arguing about Jake's slider. And Jake's like, it's a slider. If it's 87 or 92, it's a slider. And Baker's like, no, if it's 92, it's a cutter. You know? And I said, well, what do you call it, Jake? So I get into that sort of thing. But uh, along those lines, and Jason, you can chime in too. Within Thanks. 10 years, are we going to have a new pitch? Can somebody just decide to come up with a new name for some sort of variation of one of the main pitches that we talk about all the time? Like, is it time to literally create another pitch? I Speaking did. of design. I did. The airbender. So the airbender. I love it. Devin
0: yeah. Williams. with uh, So Devin Williams is change-up. Is a ridiculously pronated changeup. It has the, all the characteristics of a lefty slider, basically. It's 3,000 RPMs, which changeups usually have fewer. I mean, it's, it's a lower RPM pitch, so it sinks. He even was told that it was a bad pitch because it spun too much. Uh, and it ends up being the, one of the best pitches in baseball. But everybody was arguing with me is it a changeup? Is it a screwball? And I'm like, you know what? It's an airbender. It's a different pitch than anybody throws. So now, I mean, he is the only one that throws it right now. But if other people do it and they're able to throw a 3,000 RPM changeup, I think it should be its own pitch category. But you're right. Like, that's a good point.
2: Yeah, love that. I
1: honestly, as I'm going to try and help you diversify here, I just think more pitchers need nicknames for their pitches. Like, Lucas needs a name for his high changeup. He
0: does. So it's a very unique pitch. Like, like that is one of my favorite pitches. And I think it's every time I tweet that there'll be one guy that says, oh, he's just he just got away with that pitch. I'm like, no, no, he does it on purpose. He does it because he developed carry on his changeup that makes it look like his high fastball that makes that he gets success because it's a lot slower. It's like 12 to 15 miles an hour slower than his fastball. And if you're swinging at it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, look at this. Like, what do you do as a, as a hitter on that? That ball just drops out. Like, they look the same, and then it's like, what do you do? You're timing up the fastball, and then you get this thing that is way slower. You're hosed.
2: I've got an idea. And I actually, I used this line on uh, a Kyle Hendricks game a few years ago, and I got a text right after the game from Dave Martinez, who was the bench coach with the Cubs at the time, and happened to be in the clubhouse during uh, one of Kyle's innings. And I said, it looks like a paper airplane. And uh, so maybe we need to come up with the paper airplane changeup. Absolutely. That's a, a great job. Yeah. Like we need, I, I, I totally
0: agree. Like, like these unique pitches need a different name. Cause, cause Lucas has two different changeups, right? He has the one that's, that really fades. The other one that's kind of keeps playing and then, and then just a slower, I think they need to like, they're not the same pitch, right? You're a hundred percent. Right. I think they need different names. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we, we need to work on that as a group here. I mean, w- nobody else is going to do it if not the three of us.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we gotta. All right, so Rob, I got to talk Twitter here. I, I have two-part question. What was the first tweet you sent out from uh, at Pitching Ninja, and what's the most popular tweet you've ever sent out in terms of likes and retweets and the like? Ooh, that's a great question.
0: I think the, the first one was probably just a map of home plate just determining like how many baseballs you can fit across the plate. And I think everybody is kind of a man. And the also showing the fact that if a ball touches part of the home plate, like you get a ball either way, because if it touches just a little part of it, it's still considered a strike. If any part of the ball passes through any part of the plate. So that, I think that was it. It was just like, Hey, welcome. This is kind of, I wanted to discuss.
3: It wasn't anything that
0: interesting, but to me, it was interesting. <laughs> um, the most popular one that's uh it it could be some of the times where like you're I'm trying to think of one that just jumped out. There's a Charlie Morton one a few years ago where I overlaid his curveball and his sinker. And it was unbelievable. <clears throat> it was nuts. Uh and that really took off. I mean, I I I mean, I don't know how many views it got, but it was a lot. I think actually uh, Fauci's first pitch got a lot of views too back in the <laughs>
1: So I had heard a, uh, an interview with Lin-Manuel Miranda where he was talking about the inspiration to Hamilton and he was at somebody's birthday party. And uh, at that birthday party, he got some thought about the song Dear Theodosia, I think it was. And he, he like had his drink really fast and then sprinted out of the party and got on the train and went home. What are you like at parties when something awesome pitching-wise happens? <laughs> oh, uh, dude. This is a this is a sore
0: topic, especially with my wife, um, because like I am terrible. Like I'll do it at dinner. I will do it at a restaurant. I, I like I can't do stuff during the season. It's really tough. Like going to games, it stresses me out going to baseball games, because when I go, there's obviously some other game on. And everybody's on me like, did you see that? And it's always something happens when I do that, right? Like if I go to dinner and I'm like, this is a game where I don't have to worry about it. I think this just happened uh, with Miguel Castro when he, uh, he got Marte on a, on a pitch that it, I was at dinner. And Marte fell on his face swinging at a pitch. And everybody's like, you got to get this. And I'm like, what do I do? Like I'm at dinner with my wife on our anniversary. and i found a way to tweet it and and i'm like i promise it'll be okay it'll be okay i'm just gonna take five minutes it happens all the time i'm terrible at parties i'm terrible (laughs) that's awesome i
2: I think i found your tweet uh october 7th 2019 it's fastball curveball overlay you got fifty seven thousand likes espn also the next day uh retweet or tweeted it and I got 23,000. Yeah, no, that, that was a pretty popular a lot. tweet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it just sticks out in my mind. That was just like, it was ridiculous.
1: So, uh, I want to ask you about your relationship with pitchers, um, including the Georgia tech baseball team. What does the Georgia Tech baseball team and your son think of pitching ninja? Because your son plays for the Yellow Jackets, who, by the way, almost ended up in super regionals.
0: Uh, that was that was a nasty,
1: tough loss.
0: It was, um, and it, it was against a team that I've been hyping the entire season, Vandy. Vanderbilt. Yeah, I've actually had people. I think some of the players asked my son, like when we play Vanderbilt, who's your dad going to root for? I'm like, number one. I'm a UNC grad, so I I am a Tar Heel through and through, uh, but I, I'm not going to root against Georgia Tech ever. Like if, if my kids play, and plus, like I have these kids over, like they're great, they're great folks. Like I'm never going to root against them. Um, I think the players love it. My son, I was I'm surprised that he kind of likes it because, like I don't know that if my dad was big into something that I was doing, I'd say like Dad, can you please shut up? Yeah, right. I don't know that that would work that well. And I think he actually likes it because generally I, I mean, I don't criticize. I rarely criticize anybody. I'm mostly be, trying to be my idea of funny or giving insight. And I think generally he's cool with it, which is, again, I don't think most kids do that. Like, I think most kids would be like "Dad, You know, find your own hobby. God, uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. But uh, no, he likes it. Your
1: idea of funny includes uh, something very close to my heart, uh, Monty Python. Uh, and your garrett crochet video made me laugh for I actually I used to have the Ministry of Silly Walks in my Twitter bio uh, a, a while ago, and you comparing crochet to that from John Cleese was a beautiful thing, Rob.
0: <laughs> oh, that was all like it had to be done, right? This had that had to be done. Like, why would, I mean, it's there. (laughs) It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It's the way my mind. So it's one of these things, like my mind automatically works through association and visual patterns and stuff. And when I see something, I'm like, I've seen that before and I will match it. Like I will find it and match it up. And I think that's, that's like the lawyer thing too. Like pattern recognition, recognition and stuff like my mind, that's the way my head works constantly.
1: I can't believe we're going to ask this question twice in three weeks on this podcast. But we asked Rick Hahn, what kind of law
0: student were you? Oh, dude, I was one of the great like I literally I mentioned that that's the way my mind works. I was I was a really obsessed and really good law student. I finished first in my class at Emory. So I was like, and upset. I, I went in there and I knew that I would be able, I was always scared. Like I was always scared that everybody else in the class was smarter than me. Like, I think that that's a good thing to the fear of failure driving you. And I think that's why a lot of players are like that. Like, I think a lot of players try so hard because they don't want to fail. And that's another thing, like pitching everything's. You know, all eyes are looking on you. If you mess up, you're failing. So you try really hard not to. But yeah, I was a ridiculously good law student like way better than i am at anything else so you were a gun you were a gunner I law. was like i i i really booked almost every class i took it was it was insane i swear well, and i'm not I, i'm telling the truth no i i i
1: believe you uh nobody would say they're a good law student like everybody <laughs> likes to say they were I a mediocre law i student. wish
0: i was mediocre what <laughs> class got you the the worst class i think it was uh tax accounting or something like that. Like, like, yeah. Like why is anybody going to do that anyway? Like, that's just a stupid class to take, but like, that might've been the only class that like, I'm looking back and thinking there was really nothing that no matter what I took, I, I was really good at spotting patterns and knowing what the, what the exam question was trying to get you to do. So it doesn't mean I was a good lawyer. It just means I was really good at law school. So like, I would say differently, Like if, if, if a good lawyer has enough time to do something, they're going to do a better job than me. I will do a really good job in five minutes that somebody might take eight hours to do to do a better job than me. That, so
1: as you're saying that I'm realizing that pitch design is very much like issue spotting in the
0: law. It is. You nailed it. All this stuff is. So the weird thing about Twitter too, is my ability to do things in like I taught legal writing too. So the ability to say something concisely, everyone thinks lawyers are about spouting like long paragraphs and English majors. To me, the best lawyers were engineers, people that are used to writing code logically, succinctly, and being able to, to say. So I'm able to do that on Twitter Just because that's the way my mind works. I don't like writing. Like I taught myself not to write long sentences. I look at my college papers and I was terrible. I was not a good college student. I was a really good law student. So it's just, uh, I came into my own because of that. Because my mind works so quick. It's like an ADD thing. Like you're constantly, uh, it has to be working. That's why Twitter works for me. And pitch design too, same thing. Yeah, exactly. What patterns do you see in
1: the minds of great pitchers?
0: It depends. Like, I think, one, they have to find something that works for themselves. You have someone like Kyle Hendricks, who never shows emotion, Corey Kluber, who doesn't show emotion, um, because they treat it one pitch at a time, not get too high, too low, and every just being present and the next pitch matters. You have insane guys like Max Scherzer or Liam Hendricks or somebody like that, that that go out there and they're motivated by killing the other player. And just this, this competition brings out the best and they don't think about anything else. You have other guys like Tyler Glass now, who is a really, really nice dude, like the nicest dude you will ever meet. And then when he's on the mound, he has to turn himself into a killer. Lucas, same thing. Like Lucas is a, like a really, really like the nicest guy. Again, that that you'll meet. I mean, he is, he is so nice. And on the mound, he is a assassin, like he will fight you. And and that's not his personality. Like, I don't think that's what he is, but you have to turn himself into that to be a competitor. So to me, it is about being, your finding something that works uh, and, and kind of staying in character. So you have to, the hard part is humans aren't used to being in character. So you have to, take that run with it and own it no matter what anybody thinks and be obsessed with it. So the other thing that great pitchers have is kind of this obsession with always getting better, always staying in character on the, on the mound and then a short memory afterwards, but enough of a memory to say, Hey, I didn't do this. Well, I'm going to find a way to fix what I didn't do well Honest self-assessment and then forgetting about it. So there's a number of things like that's, it's tough. Other than that, I don't know, like they they all there's a confidence that a lot of them have, either fake or real that 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 great pitchers have.
2: <laughs> Can you tell the Nathan Patterson story for those who don't know it? So that is one of my favorite things. So I started uh, flat ground.
0: I'd mentioned that I don't think baseball should be a rich kid sport. I think part of the problems baseball has of relating is that kids are being priced out of it. So you have to have a $500 bat, a, a $400 glove, play on expensive travel teams, go to these showcases and travel. And not a, like they're necessary evil. I'm not saying that they're, they're bad or good or whatever, but I'm saying that as a player growing up, if your parents don't have money and you are looking at going on a team, you're not going to choose a sport where you have to spend a bunch of money and be shamed uh, family-wise into doing it. So I started Flat ground as a way to help players get seen for free. So you don't need all that stuff. Nathan Patterson was one of the first guys that, that uh, tweeted at me on Flat ground. He was like, he never played college baseball. This is a guy who was too small in high school, didn't play college baseball. He was throwing with a cast on his arm, uh, throwing 95. So he, was th- he, he hit 95, and I'm like, holy crap, this guy is good. Like I saw his arm action. I'm like, this arm action is sick. So he got, so he got some bites. People were interested in him. Then a few months later, he, I see this video and someone tagged me on it, and it was this guy throwing ninety five at a, was it a, a Rockies game or something like that? Um, and and I'm like, wait a second. Like normally I see these guys and they don't look that good. And yeah, they threw hard, but maybe they were running and doing. I'm like, this guy has a fantastic arm action. And it looks like a major league pitcher throwing. And then I started saying, wait a second, that arm action looks familiar. And then I looked at the last name and it was brothers. His brother was tweeting it and it was Patterson. So I put two and two together. I'm like, wait, this is the guy that was on flat ground earlier. And I made sure. um, So I I tweeted him out again. I was like, this guy needs to be signed by somebody because he is like, it's, It's just a crazy, crazy, good, smooth arm action. And uh, he ended up getting picked up by the A's because of that video. But it all started earlier. So it started because I knew who he was from the flat ground stuff. It wasn't just from that throwing at the at the uh, at the gun booth at, at that game, but I thought the story was better if you said it that way. Like to me, it became a bigger story because it was that, and everybody now thinks they have a
2: shot. This guy was good. Like he is really, really good, but still a fantastic story. It, it is, and I, I think back about a lot of guys who signed. Uh, you know, I think your mean Mercedes actually uh, a scout went to watch a pitcher, and they needed somebody to catch, and so your mean caught. And as a reward, they let him take a few swings and he just started hitting balls to the fence. Right. And that's how his name got on the list. But now it can be because Rob Friedman (laughs) tweets this guy throwing a pitch. I mean, it's mind boggling to think about how players can be discovered now, isn't it? I am. I It's one of the things I'm most proud
0: of, I think, is that I've had probably 40 or 50 guys get signed either because I retweeted them at Pitching Ninja or from flat ground, uh, from by, ma- by major league organizations, and, and then hundreds or thousands out of colleges. Um, I've had guys, I've had a guy from Norway who threw 89. Nobody, no college is recruiting in Norway. That's just not what they're going to do, right? Great year. weather for baseball. though. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So they don't even know these guys exist. I tweeted him in flat ground. He had something like 20-something offers to go to school because nobody has a recruiting budget to do it, but they're like, I kind of want this guy. He's 6'4", throws 89, looks like he has really good stuff. And uh, so it, it was bridging geographic boundaries too, like tearing that down. I started doing that stuff though because there were two pitchers that were throwing 102 in an independent league. And I was like, how do you throw 102 in an independent league um, and and not get picked up? And it was because these guys, like you have your one shot, you you do well. And then, you know, teams are like, all right, I already saw that guy. Like, I don't have to see him again. He wasn't that good. You're forgetting that people can get better and they can get better in between age 20 and 26. Like you could be 26, 27, still be good and still be good enough to play. Uh, But yet the whole scouting infrastructure is like, move on. I saw that guy. I'm moving on. I only have this much time. So my thing is you might've had a bad day. You might've improved. I'm going to let you get seen as many times as you can. So you're never going to sit back on your couch with your family and go, boy, I could have made it if only somebody would have seen me. Like to me, it's like, I don't like that. I don't think that's what it should be about. I want to give you no excuses. So now if you don't get signed, it's because you weren't good enough to get signed. Like that's the way it should be. Uh, But if you are good enough, I think you should get signed regardless of money, geographic boundaries, or how old you are. Like that to me, I want that to be... I think it's important for the game. I think it's great for the game, these stories. Um, And the more of them, the better. Like, the more we can tear that down, the more viewership you're going to have, the more people that are going to be interested, thinking they have a shot, the less you have to spend for coaching, the more players you're going to get involved. I think it's all good, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, agreed. I I do want to note that when you went to persons sitting on their couch, you dropped in a little extra Georgia twang.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like... I, so I grew up in New York. Like I had to teach myself a Southern accent too, because when I, I, you just said two, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> do you say insurance? No, I don't so, umbrella. Yeah. Like um, umbrella. <laughs> so I was in, I was in Chapel Hill and I remember the first t- number one, I didn't know what barbecue was. Like I was like, barbecued what? Like, it's like a barbecued ribs, barbecues. Like, what are you bar? Like, no, it's a thing. Like you idiot. And, uh, and then like, a, a, a pizza pie? No one understood what that was. There's no such thing as a pizza there, pie. You're
1: right. There is no such thing as that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a dog?
0: A quarter? Like, can I have a quarter? Can I have more a quarter? Like, that's the way I used to talk. And like, I had to lose all that because no one understood what I was saying. Wow.
1: I get it. I'm, I moved to Winston-Salem after going to Syracuse, and now I just say y'all every once in a while. because And I, I give directions based on just random landmarks. To me that's a that's a hallmark of the South is you're like, well, you're gonna go straight and then turn left at the greenhouse, not the not the first greenhouse, second greenhouse. You take a left and then there'll be a church, but there's a parking lot behind the church. You turn right at the parking lot, but not the not the right right, the the angle right. But nobody ever gives street names. It's that's like true. did you did you turn at Biscuitville or not?
0: <laughs> the other thing, like I can't get like the thing, if you give me direction, do you say go South for three? Like I have no idea what South and North and like, no. I mentioned, I'm good at some things. I am really, really not good at any of that stuff. Oh God.
1: Lens, dri- lens driven with me. My spatial ability is somehow below yours. <laughs> that's true. Oh, we, we need to drive that.
0: somewhere together. Cause we will never get there. Like that'll, yeah. I have ways. That, that's it.
1: Me too. Yeah. What happened to Benetti and pitching ninja? Oh, they're driving in circles. <laughs>
2: Rob I have one last question for you and I hate to end on a downer but why do you hate hitters
0: I don't you know i <laughs> I'm no,
2: no I want I, you to answer
0: it yeah like I I actually love bad flips I love like I think if you if you give up a home run show emotion like I I talked to uh I think it was Devin Williams um and he said act like you've never done it before act like it's awesome because if you can't get impressed by it, then why are fans going to like it? So I love this new attitude. Like, give me guys that bat flip, give me guys that like, I want the pitcher to win, but in the occasional event that a pitcher loses, bad flip it, go ahead, like hit home runs, hit them 500 feet. I don't care. But uh, like, I so I, I, I guess I, I don't really hate hitters. But if I'm going to pick a side, I'm picking the side of the, of the guy with the ball. Pitchers are on offense. Like the idea that we need more offense in the game, if pitchers are doing well, that is more offense in the game as far as I'm concerned. What other sport does the offense not have the ball? So if I'm a pitcher, hitter's counterpunching. I'm the guy punching. He has to go off of what I do. So I'm on offense, right? Like that is – offense is up in the game. It's just they're not hitting the ball. The, they're not counterpunching good enough.
2: Ooh, man, that's way like, to twist that into a great answer, a lawyer. I he is, he <laughs> is a law
0: student.
1: Now, I won't even say lawyer because that's very <laughs> law student. That's not even lawyer. Uh, I have two questions before we go. Uh, number one, if hypothetically you worked with somebody, hypothetically, who really enjoyed hypothetically pitcher wins as a way to evaluate pitchers, how would you get them off of that? <laughs>
0: I would just show him pictures and videos of Jacob DeGrom. Like, uh, that's a pretty easy way to do it. If you don't think he's the best pitcher in the major leagues of – like, he may be the best pitcher since I've been alive, and that's going back a long way. Like, he is – if you told me that he was the best pitcher of any generation right now, I would sit there and I'd have a hard time arguing with that. Like, I think – so. And if, and if he can't get wins, then – now I understand the wins argument though too like I can see both sides like a pitcher traditionally they're out there to outduel the other team and 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 sometimes they pitch long like they'll go deeper in a game they may get shelled but they beat the other team they save the bullpen they've done a lot of positive things and that doesn't get shown like so wins are a thing like you're playing to win so I I I I can argue absolutely both sides, but if but if you're telling me Jacob Degrom isn't good because he doesn't win, then then I lose, you, know, you lost me. So that I think we just need a better win statistic is
1: what we're coming to. I, I would I would I would vouch for that. Uh, and then as we let you go, we asked Rick Hahn this and got a, a very uh, surprising answer to me. Um, if you had to be quizzed about something and your whole world was on the line but the topic wasn't baseball and you got to pick the specific topic, what would you be quizzed on to do best?
0: Wow. That is tough. And it can't be like my own life. Like I would say I do pretty no. well if you asked me about. You better okay. except for the directions <laughs> thing.
1: Like where did you drive <laughs> yesterday? You get an app.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Like I would have absolutely no idea. What would I do really well at? Um, you know, I think like, Certainly, old school boxing or horse racing I like have a unique warm spot in my heart for that stuff, and maybe that's also the pitching thing, right like i like I like ones or zeros, wins or losses, a guy versus another guy in a ring, a horse there's not an excuse. you either beat him or you didn't um so maybe it's that like i I think I'd do pretty well at that. You pick two but you sound like you're in racketeering right. <laughs> <Aren't> you- <laughs> That's why I became a lawyer to know what you know to do and not to do and how to circumvent this stuff. So absolutely. And that's why we didn't touch on this foreign substance thing, which could be an interesting. Uh, so what do you all think about it? I, I, I just
1: to ask questions. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I was going to I figured that would take another hour if we yeah, did the we long version of up. that. But but what I'll say is I just think there need to be uniform rules. Nice. I, I would feel a lot more comfortable if there were uniform rules. We're all just throwing darts at a dartboard. You what do you think?
0: So so for me, I think number one, pitchers have always done something like always, like since we to think that your favorite pitcher didn't. I posted Nolan Ryan saying using pine tar to help my curveball. Absolutely. Pedro Martinez saying, oh, yeah, I have Jerry curl in my hair. Sometimes if the ball didn't feel right, I put something on it and it would all of a sudden move nasty. So your favorite pitchers did something back in the day. Now we just can measure it. Um, And we've weaponized it because you can measure it like we've just gotten better at using it. It's not like everybody hasn't always cheated. But I think if you're going to have a rule, either enforce it or don't enforce it. And, in, and if you can't enforce it, then take it off the books and there shouldn't be a rule. So I think it, it shouldn't be just based on whether you want to follow the rules or not. And you should be at a disadvantage because you're honest. That shouldn't be the standard that we hold people to.
2: I think we've been leading toward this for a long time and that uh, balls are thrown out of play uh, after almost every pitch. And uh, when we all grew up, a pitch in the dirt was not necessarily a ball thrown out of play. Uh, So maybe we need to preserve baseballs a little bit more. And that ends up being the quote scuffing is a pitch in the dirt. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a
0: bunch of different answers to it. I think the one thing I want to do is make sure that people don't get turned I think right now, like, I see a lot of people getting turned off, like, oh, yeah, the only reason why he threw a nasty pitch is because he's using something. Like, if you don't think that you're like the Braves back in the day, Leo Mazzoni said, oh, yeah, we use pine tar. Like, people did this stuff. They just weren't, you know, it was part of the craftsmanship or the the lore of the game. Um, even if you go back to to uh, uh, Naked Gun, the movie, when when Leslie Nielsen goes out to the mound and he's like sandpaper and all, like, it's part of the lore of the game that does happen. Gaylord Perry was a pitcher in the major leagues who cheated all the time. So it, it, it happens throughout your whole life. Um, so don't think as a fan that the game is worse. It is actually just pitchers have gotten better at it um, because they know what things are going to happen if they use – these certain substances.
2: Hey Rob, shameless plug. Um, do you do merch? I know you got the cool hat. Um, if people want, uh, that logo on a hat or a shirt, where can they find it? Um, if you go to pitching dot ninja, you
0: can find pretty much everything I sell. And I do it through RotoWare, who's he's a f- awesome dude does stuff for everybody. And, um, like he actually came up with the logo and and he showed me and I'm like, wow, that's awesome, dude. That's great. That's Great. That's great. Love it. Rob Friedman, Pitching
1: Ninja. Thank you so much for doing this. Wonderful. Thanks for having me.